podcast. The Secret Life of Shelley Sullivan is such a fantastic novel. It was released last year, 2020, and we actually did it for the Wandering Women Book Club too. I don't think that there was a member there who didn't love Frank Shelley and Rita's story, although it's far from a fluffy read. Lisa Island's wonderful novel opens with Shirley Sullivan preparing to bust out her husband, uh, Frank, from his nursing home um, in order to have one last road trip together, which I think is just so romantic. Hello. Very much for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm delighted to. I'm just for you in person finally oh, after all this. So happy to get you at the shop. And oh, I will anytime, soon as we can get up there because I want to go to Sydney. Um, Secret <laughs> Life of Shelley. I loved the fact that it was it starts off in the Shire. That was so exciting. Nobody had told me that. <laughs> well. It's an area that I know well, you know, like or well enough. So yep. I wanted to start it. I wanted it to be in Sydney because I needed the road trip to happen. So the Shire but was a that good road trip. Time. I have done so many times. I've only ever gone to Badala, but and then seeing that hippie shop that you mentioned in there. No spoilers, obviously, but it was all so fantastic. It felt like like I knew the roads so well. That oh. was great. It was so much fun for me. I just um, I did the trip. I think I I've said this lots of times, but I did the trip um myself so I drove from because I live in uh, on the Ballerine Peninsula so in Ocean Grove which is uh, for you know it's right down south and so I drove to Yass um and then because I know that part of the trip from Sydney to Yass I, I've done that so many times so yeah. I didn't bother go all the way to Sydney but I drove to Yass and then I cut it which is the first place that they uh, stay yeah. and I stayed in a dodgy motel I, I stayed Just in the, the experience dodgy. I did yeah. photos of it, sending them to my husband saying, this is where I'm staying. And he's like, oh, my goodness. But <laughs> I was dating this, like, very cheap roadside motel and then. Which is um, exactly what Shirley had done. Perfect, yeah. yes. And then drove across uh, to uh, Queanbeyan, where there's an aspiring author called Nina Campbell who lives in Queanbeyan, and she was really helpful. She knew I was writing the book. Um, and so she said to me, look, come and visit me, come and have a cup of tea and I'll take you through some places that Shirley and Frank might, might find, little unknown places that might be. So that was how oh, I got the details for like Mossy Point. Yeah. And then I went there in my car and, yeah, so it was great. Oh, I could so see Shirley and Frank there with their, their chairs and their tea. and oh, perfect. <laughs> and I think on part of your road trip you also saw a comedy van. Is that true? I did. So the um, people who've read the book, and this is not really a yeah. spoiler, we know that we know that they're on a road trip, but uh, Shirley and Frank stop at Naruma, which is a place that I've holidayed uh, mm-hmm. a few times. I, I knew Naruma reasonably well, so which is why I picked it. Uh, so I I stopped at Naruma and had um, lunch at the pub there, and I um, and when I came out of it, which is something that they do too, and when I came out of the pub, I looked across the road at the petrol station, and there was the exact combi van, the exact colour everything um, that Shirley and Frank are, are travelling in and I thought oh, this is a really good omen I think this is yeah. you know I felt like I was seeing them <laughs> yeah and I also really love I love the fact that you don't just make it a perfect marriage that it is a journey for them and that you're seeing them because I think um, I see a lot of elderly couples coming in for their Devonshire tea and everything and you do think their lives have always been like this this is what they've always done but it just I loved that we've got to find out that it wasn't I think I think the thing is about older people is that we we do when we're younger we tend to stereotype them like yes. we, we think that older people are all the same
same. And of course that's not true. (laughs) You know, people are people. And so as you age, you don't lose the essence of who you are. And if your marriage marriage may evolve, but you carry with you the baggage of of your past. And so I think for me, I wanted to write a book that really reflected particularly older women, because it's mm-hmm. based on Shirley's point of view, but mm-hmm. older men as well, as individuals rather than as a stereotypical group. And I, I really wanted to take care, like as you would have noticed, Shirley's quite smart technologically. Mm-hmm. And I think that stereotype, and I perpetuate this myself in my own life, like I'll often think, um, about my aunts, for instance, I'll think, oh, they wouldn't be able to cope with that. Like if I'm t- thinking about uh, some sort of technological advance, I'm thinking, oh, they won't be able to do that. But actually, if you give people a chance, usually they can. Yeah, of course. One of my sons. Yeah, give it to me. Yes, yes, exactly. And like one of my sons worked as a volunteer in a neighbourhood house. Um, he, his job was, it was just for a short time, but his job was to uh, help people, uh, navig- older people navigate iPads, smartphones, <laughs> and laptops and I was sort of saying oh that must be hard and he said well actually it's not he said when you take the time to sit down with them they just need you to go a little bit slower some of them because they haven't grown up with this technology it's not part of their everyday life but he said most people can get it really easily not every single person but he said most of them are really proficient really quickly so give them the time and give them a bit of a go well I loved that's what she was doing in her getting ready planning the escape phase (laughs) IT courses. She's that was quite devious, really, in her planning. Oh, absolutely. Just She's been way. thinking about it for months and I loved that part too. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a great escape. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a smart lady. Yeah, absolutely. And a lovely lady to give her Frank this last holiday. It's such a beautiful sentiment. I also really liked the the letters that connect your parents. So oh, they were, yeah. can you please tell us a little bit about that story? Because I love sure. it. Sure. So that was really the inspiration for the story because I had the idea, I'd read an article in a newspaper about an elderly couple that had escaped from a nursing home like years and years ago. And that was in the States. And they'd kind of gone on the run kept authorities at bay for four or five days and they got captured at one point um <laughs> and then and, and still escaped from that so the, I was like oh my goodness these two are incredible they're like Bonnie and Clyde and but you know I wanted to write a story about them but that wasn't enough like the, the road trip was um you know that I knew that would be part of the story but I wanted it to be a deeper richer story than that and I wasn't really sure what yeah. that story was and um so I just kind of kept the idea in the back of my mind and then a couple of years ago when my house got flooded um a box of my parents memorabilia was damaged it was just an archive box so I had to pull the stuff out of it to make sure you know the contents were still okay mm-hmm. and I found 67 love letters from half and half, so roughly half from dad to mum and half from mum to dad. Yeah. And you know what was great about it, Anna, was it gave me all that first-hand historical detail that I needed for the backstory. Like I I didn't base it on my parents' love story because my parents were very happily married, as far Mm -hmm. as I know, though, anyway, (laughs) but there was never any indication that they weren't happily married. Um, so, so So it wasn't based based on their actual love story, but I just lifted a few key details from the period. So it helped um, me come up with the meet like that they met. Um, there's two scenes at the beginning with, with Frank and Shirley. One 
is at a beach and the other one is at the Palais Dance Hall. Dance, yeah. my, my mum grew up in Geelong and she used to go dancing at the Palais every weekend, every Saturday night. And if you, so many um, older readers have written to me and said, oh, I loved the at the Palais because I grew up in Geelong and I went dancing. It was, you know, it was the thing to do in, in town. So, um, so I lifted those sort of details and also language. Like there was things like my dad would say things to my mum like, oh, I did such and such and wacko, like wacko, where does that come from? And I don't remember, like my dad wasn't still saying that, you know, into his 50s and 60s. So it was a bit of language from that era that has disappeared. So it gave me um, the confidence to write from the era um, accurately. Like I, I felt like I had real source material that I could use well, to, had, to yeah, And it feels so authentic reading, I think. Oh, thank you. I, I've had good feedback from people who lived through the imagine. era. But yeah. also I was a nosy little kid. Like I grew up in the 70s. And so some of the things were from my own memory of conversations with my mother. Of course, I was very small, but I, I was a real eavesdroppy kid. Like I was a kid that always had her nose in the book and adults would not necessarily always notice me. Like I would sort of be sitting nearby reading a book looking like I was very absorbed in what I was reading, yeah, but I was actually listening to the yeah. conversations for my poor mum, not to, you know, like now she's, she's passed away, but you know, mum, all, all your private Sorry. conversations with your girlfriends are being aired now in my book <laughs> years and years later. She, oh, poor thing. She wouldn't care. My mum liked, my mum liked the limelight. And so I think she'd be quite happy because someone said to me, oh, you know, what would you think your mum and dad would think about their, you know, their letters being centre of this story? I said, well, I haven't actually used any of the content. I have shown photos. So every sort of, you know, um, live stream I've done, I've shown photos of my yep. mum and dad. I don't know what dad would think of that, but mum would be thrilled, I think. She was <laughs> she was like thin and gorgeous looking back back in the day. Yeah, I think I know enough of them from your live streams and I think she would have been stoked. <laughs> I'm sure she was not a shrinking yeah, violet mum. No, not at all. <laughs> they were lovely parents, lovely. Um, I also really like the way that it discusses with living in the moment as well. I think that is such a beautifully done in your book that um because we know right from the outset obviously that frank's got the dementia but it's still there's nothing wrong with living in the moment either i think that the way that you do the the eating the vanilla slice and the sitting in the sun all of that's just i think my grandfather had dementia for the last two years of his life and he was in a home um but we had probably had dementia for many years before that a few years maybe five years but we kept him at home as long as we could but then he became a danger to himself and he had to go into a home Um, and i think so i based older frank on my grandfather i mean i did loads and loads of other research as well but i did base him on my grandfather but i think the saddest part about um my grandfather being in that home which was a very lovely nursing home and very like the way that this one was as well yeah because i i don't want to i mean just to digress for just a moment like i i know there's been a, a lot of um discussion about aged care and i think that's very important for us to think However, I I didn't want to in this book throw aged care workers under the bus. Like I I, I did not because almost all the aged care workers that I hear talk about aged care or that I know personally really care deeply about the people that care care for. It's just that the system lets them down. There's not enough of them. 
it's underfunded, except all, yeah. all, and having been myself a teacher, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to work in a system that's underfunded um, and that you're expected to perform miracles in mm-hmm. um, when the system, it's not the actual individuals within the system that lets yeah. it down. So I, I really didn't want to go down that track of it being a, a horrible nursing home. It just wasn't the right place for Frank. And I felt like that, sadly, about my grandfather. I felt that those pockets of joy for him were few and far between. We used to go and take him out as much as we could. To, and that was one of the things that he loved. He loved a vanilla slice, my Bob. He really did like a vanilla slice. And so we would take him to a nearby bakery for a cup of tea and a, a beautiful vanilla slice. And they were the little pockets of joy that we were able to create for him. So I wanted to give Frank those, and Shirley, those moments yep as they were travelling. I loved them all. Probably for me, the corona silver lining is just sitting in the sun and no time constraints. And Absolutely. They do it so well in this book. I really loved all the, just the, the enjoying the moment. Just beautifully. I'm, I'm glad uh, that, you, that you did enjoy that because sometimes there's, you know, when you're writing a book, you know, there's obviously big moments of crisis and but you, I like to give my readers a, some time to breathe as well, yes, a little yes. bit of time. So in between the big crisis moments, it's yep. nice to have some it's little moments where you enjoy the ride for a moment. So See, hopefully yes. that works. Everything about it, not just the, the escape, but also the just the everyday. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Excellent. Well, okay, I think I've got plenty. Thank oh, you good. very much. Oh no, thank you. Oh, that was a lovely talk. Oh, I had oh a no, thanks for having me. It's great. I'm so glad that I got to talk with Lisa Island last year. I'm even gladder that this year I stopped procrastinating on my podcast. The Secret Life of Shirley Sullivan really left me thinking a lot about ageism, dementia, women's rights, morality and mortality. I especially loved the bonus effort that you received from Lisa Island once you've finished the novel. Um, I really needed that extra bonus because I completely saw it in a different way. Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe. See you next time on Read a Pod Podcast.